This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Vegas for three days to save five or six days of travel in the net score. So just trying to be efficient. Thank you for yeah. joining us. I think everybody's curious why somebody like you who is touching all points makes a mission out of connecting with people, making sure that you know what's hot, what's new, what's thinking about. Thank what you. kind of conversations you're having here? What are you seeing? Who are you meeting with that you're really excited about? What kind of technologies are you seeing that you're really excited about? I think what's very unique about CES is that uh, people get very excited about what's coming. So I'm always a big fan of, and I know a lot of you feel, some of you here follow my content, I'm very big on day trading attention. What that really means is I like being practical. I don't, I don't like when people think I'm a futurist or, or a disruptor. Uh, I don't think I am. I actually think all I am is just very practical. I try to pay attention to what you're paying attention to at scale right now and how do I bring you value in those environments. So the thing that's interesting to me here is everyone's talking about you know, voice and IOT and you know, connected this, connected that, which is absolutely gonna happen. I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to never leave my fucking room. Like it's all gonna be great. But for me, I think it clouds a lot, which is there's a lot of company. I would say the far majority of companies here will go out of business before the promise of what they're trying to deliver on becomes consumer at scale. And so for me, I'm excited but tempered in trying to help people stay alive for the holy grail. The, the, you know, there's a lot of people in 2007 that thought social media was gonna be big the difference between me and a lot of them was I knew how to stay alive from 2007 to 2013 before it became really real. And you know, for me, that's what CS always reminds me, which is, great, I can't wait to have my robot you know, wipe my ass, but before that happens, make sure that you're still in business in 2027. And so there's a little bit too much 2027 talk for me. Um, but at the flip side, I love that people are inspired, excited, meeting new people, bouncing ideas, thinking about things differently. And I would argue for everybody I'm looking at right now, if you see something that allows you to then use that as a proxy to be practical over the next 24 months, that to me is interesting uh, in, in, in the way I think about CES. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, um, I think the advice, you know, I'm a big fan of giving advice I've actually taken myself. You know, like, I'm a big fan of eating my own dog food. I used to come to events like this and nobody knew who the hell I was and I was in the wine business and it made no sense for me to be here. I'm an extrovert. It's comfortable for me to do what I recommend these people, which is if you literally don't know each other, it's probably a good idea to say hello. You've got a common point of view of where the world's going. As many people as there are here, it's still a very tiny percentage of the net score. And so for me, it was comfortable to come to something like this, listen to people, and say hello, grab a business card, send an email, try to build a relationship. I'm a big believer in serendipity. I didn't chase the people on stage. I knew equally that the person sitting right next to me in a 13-year macro might be valuable to me. Um, And so my advice to everybody who's not being chased down and cameras and all this 
is to say hello to the person next to them because that's how life actually works. Now, there's a lot of people here that are shy. You know, I grew up with parents that had an accent. This is an international show. Like, there's a million things that I can run through my mind from the psychology of why every person here now won't look to the person to the left and right and say hello. It still doesn't make the advice wrong. That is the ROI. The ROI, my friends, everything you've seen here, you could watch on the fucking internet next week. (laughs) The ROI of coming to this thing is to engage with the people next to you right this second. There's nothing I'm gonna say right now that you haven't heard me say in some other version for the last fucking decade. And you gotta remember that everybody's here to meet people. That, that's the funny thing, it's like, you're afraid, Yes, you're but, afraid go ahead, please. No, well, you're, 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 you're afraid of reaching out, but you wanna connect, and you have to remember that the other people are thinking the exact same thing. There, when people come, when you ask people why do you come to something like this, why do you go to some conference, the answer is always to meet other people. That's always, always the number one thing. It's not to like watch some people on stage, unless it's you. But otherwise, it's to meet the people who are there. Yeah, I mean, in South by Southwest 2007, Mark Zuckerberg asked me to introduce him to Kevin Rose, the founder of Dig. Like, like you, like, the world changes. And so, you know, the people that get to sit on the big stage, things like this, that, the other, like, they change. Um, but you have access to everybody. I mean, there's fucking hundreds of thousands of people here. I'm just a very big fan of saying hello versus pitching. You know, I, I wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook because I really wanted to establish the way I think of it, which is I just think that Herb and Greg should know each other. I don't think that Greg should pitch Herb his business. I think they should just say hello and create context and then something may come from that. And uh, I just believe in that. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. I think it's very practical. Let's- Let's talk as technology. Greg, say hi to Earth. Greg, Marco, and the guy whose tag is uh, Robert. Now you know each other. So, uh, you already know each other. All right, well, whatever. So, Gary, media has got a division called Veer Smart. Yes. Where you are using new technologies or VR and other things to connect brands with consumers. Talk to me about being on that cutting edge, how you stay on it. I, I've got very focused on IOT, products, re, re, products, like literally your beer reordering itself for you, smart refrigerator being more important than anything. But the reality is Vayner Smart was named three years ago when I started it and the, the promise didn't come true. Meaning, it's not moving as fast as I wanted to, thought it might. So now what Vayner Smart does really is an obnoxious amount of Alexa skills and Google Home skills and even podcast marketing, which is very basic, that could be in media, um, because voice has become very real. You know, I, I'm spending an enormous amount of time thinking about that. And so Vayner Smart itself is probably gonna get rebranded because it's encompassing with AR and machine learning. I'm starting to realize, okay, the things that I know are gonna happen in a 10-year macro, but I don't know exactly when and how it's going to pop, I need to create a division where it's highly not profitable because I'm just investing. Uh, and so Vayner Smart and some of the ML and AI and AR stuff is there. And then stuff that's even further out, like VR consumer, 
or some of the connected stuff we're seeing here, that will just sit in my investing world and networking world, not as an official uh, department. Can diagnose the problem? Was it because it's hard to move an organization at the speed that technology is changing? No, the technology hasn't delivered on the promise of its speed. I don't know one fucking consumer product that's reordered itself for itself for anybody in this home. Like, it's always about, my mistakes in my career are always timing. Always. Like, I understand consumer behavior so well that it's been my calling card. I really know that everybody's gonna do a lot of things here. Like, online dating was obvious. You know, I didn't think it was weird dudes in their basements. I thought it was gonna be Tinder. But, and I invested in Yobongo and One and Highlight and everything. I got unlucky that Tinder was incubated inside of IAC. I knew that was gonna happen. Everybody here is going to be very deep in IOT and voice and order their toothpaste while they're, it's all happening. It's not the, tech, the technology, so much of the promise here is going to be four to six years later than they said when they talked to you at the booth. So we move fast as fuck because I'm willing to lose money. The technology wasn't fast. So how do you stay, how, are you looking, are, are you trying to plan out to the four to six years when, when, when something that is talked about now is actually going to Always. be enacted? Yeah, I mean, I, I lost a fortune last year on voice strategists because I could taste that it was gonna be now, right? And, and whether it was 2018 scopes, which I've signed with clients, or 2019, I knew it wasn't gonna be 2020. I can't say that for a lot of the technology we see here. So for me, I'm not scared if I think it's really close within a year, year and a half. Um, look, I bought cryptocurrency in 2014, but it wasn't because, I didn't know when or how, and I didn't even know if, I really didn't. Um, I just knew maybe, or kinda, or probably, or why it could. And when you play, when you look at the world, the, look, I think the fundamental separation that I have is really predicated on two things. I have empathy, so I'm thinking about what you're thinking about, and number two, I don't care about money in the short term. If you really actually understand what I just said on those two things, if you're actually consumer-centric, and you don't need money in the short term, you always look like a fucking genius. Do you have a checklist in your head when you see a new technology that you're like, that this is actually gonna, this is actually gonna come? What, what is it, when you, when you, how do you analyze something and say, this is, this is something I'm gonna see now, this is something I'm gonna see four to six years, this is something I'm gonna see never? Is this something that Sally and Rick, that know dick shit about technology, are gonna be interested in. And, and then it's completely a subjective call. But it, and then that's number one, but the way I answer number one is, will this save somebody time? I missed Uber early, but I got in early because I realized very quickly after I didn't realize it that they were selling time, not transportation. The reason connected devices and IoT is gonna work is it's gonna save you time. You don't wanna go to Dwayne Reed to buy Band-Aids. Sometimes I think people confuse convenience with time. You know? Yeah. Like I, I feel like I see things, I think I see some things here, I see some 
with Ellsworth, where it might be a better way to do something, but it's gonna take the same amount of time to do it. Well, I mean, look, that's what's happening with e-commerce, right? Are you saving time by spending all of January shipping shit back? You know, like, you gotta look at these things. It's a super fascinating game. I think that's right. You also have to think about things that are nice-to-haves versus necessities. Uber, again, just as a proxy, you've gotta get to places. That is a must, right? A nice-to-have is a million other things we could debate, you know, but, you know, I mean, look, I think the barber shop will be disrupted. Like, for the most part, not for everybody, but you gotta get your hair cut, right? You know, like, you know, I'm coming, don't worry. You know, and so, I think that, uh, <laughs> I think that, I think about that. Like, if people definitely do that often, scheduled, all of that stuff will be disrupted. Um, but most of all, it's, I don't like people, and I don't like companies and businesses that are ideological. Like, there's way too many enthusiasts here that would like to see this shit happen. I don't like to anything to happen. I just want to try to figure out what I think is going to happen. And a lot of times that's put me on in a place where people judged me and made fun of me until they didn't. All my friends made fun of me that I signed a case with sneaker deal because I had the audacity to think it would work until it all sold out in four hours and then they stopped laughing. And, and the reason it worked was because I understood where attention sat, right? And, and that's how I think about the world. When something works, you're a genius, and when it doesn't work, you're a fool. Success has unlimited fathers. Now everybody thinks they were involved. Like, Babin thinks he's the reason the K-Swiss sneakers sold, right? But failure has none, right? Yeah, I mean, look, but that's what makes it fun. If you're in a place where you're comfortable with accepting your losses, I'm proud to say up here that I've had a pivot, Vayner Smart, because the timing of IoT hasn't worked in the way that I thought it would. That's comfortable to me. It means you're watching the market. Yeah, to me that's comfortable. I'm so sad that so many of you don't do things because you're worried about being judged. It makes me sad. Like that sucks, fuck, you know? Like to me, that's my loss. Like what's that got to do with you? Like I don't give a shit what you think, Marco. You know, like, like, you know, like I'm doing my thing and so when you start getting comfortable with losing in the micro, well then you can really start doing things and so for me that's why it's comfortable to day trade. If you day trade, you're gonna miss a lot. You just have to make more than you miss. And for me, I just am comfortable in that mentality. When brands come to you, how comfortable are they with this ride? How comfortable are they with you putting them in touch with something that may not be ready or? I don't sell things that are not ready. We didn't sell any IOT only maybe strategy of like educating them on where it potentially could go. So then let me ask them, do they want things because it's fuzzy even though you know it's not gonna work? Sometimes, but I don't let them unless they prove to me that the headline in TechCrunch or AdAge has a viable business reason other than them getting promoted. Not that they, by the way, not that they listen to me. Like, client services suck shit. Like most of my clients, I mean 90, 100% of my clients don't do what I think they should do. 100%. But, but that's why I use my personality as an outlet for me creatively. The Gary Vee thing is far more a test bed for me creative. I'm far more proud of being the architect of making myself a, a personality or awareness than I am that I'm it. Like, 
that's more my parents and my environment. They get the credit for me being a good guy and having charisma, that's not me. I'm the architect of how I got you to know who I was. In our story, we put this guy on the cover in June. Uh, the story about us and about you focused quite a lot actually on that on that division between the personal brand and the brand. It was interesting to me. I didn't realize the degree to which you wanted those to feel separate. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't want to be a charlatan or a motivational speaker or, you know, those aren't interesting to me, but I'm also willing to people to judge me and misunderstand me because I know how this all plays out at the end. So you can boo me in the second quarter. I'll talk to you after the game. And I like the way that you think of yourself as an R&D lab. That's what you're, you're testing. You're testing things on yourself that you think are going to pay, pay out. Yeah, I mean like I didn't invest in Facebook and Twitter and Uber and Snapchat and, and buy cryptocurrency in 2014 and launch an e-commerce site in 1996 by accident. Like I didn't create a brand that allowed me to sign a sneaker deal bigger than 99% of athletes by accident. None of this is fucking accident. This is me being willing to eat shit and have humility and take negative feedback while I try to figure shit out. I work. I do shit. Like while everybody's debating, I'm doing it. And I'm willing to take micro losses for macro wins. And most people aren't because they want short term money or they actually value other people's opinions over their own. On the subject of negativity towards technology. Yes. I'm gonna, this, is, uh, this is slightly selfish that I'm gonna pin into this, but I, I think it's apropos for the, for the setting. So, uh, I have this podcast called Pessimist Archive, History of Unfounded Fears of Technology, where we look at things that, uh, why people feared and banned stuff that today we think of as totally normal. Gary, I know you're, you're familiar with it now, and I love that you um, are also passionate about calling out when people say that something, that new, some new technology is going to change us in some terrible fundamental way, I mean, the number of things that are going to come out of this show that then people are going to talk about for six months, it's going to ruin the way that we converse, it's going to ruin the way that we are as humans. And I, I wonder, from your perspective, how you address that conversation when people say this technology is it's fundamentally bad. I don't agree with them. I think, you know, go Google the kaleidoscope. Kids had something in front of them and it was gonna ruin their, like, you know this, you have the account, I mean, we, we tripped into that when we were hanging out, we are aligned on this. My level of respect for Sean Parker and Chamath professionally, because I don't know them super well, is extraordinary. It's extraordinary. I grew up during that era, they're brilliant. I completely disagree with their current headline-grabbing statements about Facebook. Technology is exposing who we actually are. It's not changing who we are. We're struggling to deal with the fact that we have a lot of shortcomings that we've been able to hide before in our personality traits. Not Facebook changed me. Guys, like, People are like, oh, everybody shows their best life on Instagram and everything's perfect. That's what we always did. We just had a coffee with our friend and said everything was fucking great. Like, like technology is exposing who we actually are and demonizing technology of the moment is always, always historically incorrect. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like the way I, the way I think about it is that the, the shape of things change but the thing doesn't change. I have no interest in listening to billionaires that 
made billions on products than shit on those products because they're altruistic. I just don't. I just don't agree. By the way, I may end up being wrong. It's all on fucking film. I just have a funny feeling I won't. Yeah. Well, we survived many before. Are you kidding me? Like, fucking everything was supposed to kill. Yeah. Mike Tyson's punch out was supposed to ruin my fucking life. That's right. The bicycle, the car, the Walkman. It's the same shit. It's banned the Walkman. Like, oh, now you're stuck in your stream on social, but it was way better for you to watch television for nine hours a day and have three old white guys tell you what to think. Like, we're being so naive. This is about, my friends, life is about choices. Either we have the collective voices and you, I, I laugh about Facebook. Facebook doesn't make me watch Russian hackers content. Me engaging with the things that are put on Facebook show me Russian hacker content. You wanna see how Facebook vigs everything? You know what nobody uses? Facebook search. You wanna see how Facebook actually works before we demonize Facebook? Go to Facebook search right now, type in hockey. Go like 17 pieces of content that show up and watch fucking hockey content get shoved down your fucking throat over the next two months. Facebook's not penetrating you and changing your mind. There's no fucking Russian hacker that got you. You fucking actually thought those things, you just don't like it. Amen. It's truth and we just don't want to deal, we want to blame everybody but our fucking selves. We have zero fucking accountability. You have subconscious bias, deal with it. Period, sorry. But it's the fucking truth, it's not fucking Facebook's fault that you're a fucking racist. You can take those photos of people who are all sitting in a group looking at a phone. It's truth, it's just like, like why are we not having the real, by the way, by the way, on a serious macro, I'm pumped. I actually think this is our societal step backwards for two steps forward. Like this is painful, we're all dealing with it, it doesn't feel great, it's negativity at scale. Like I suffocate in negativity, so the macro is like fuck, this sucks, but this is one big step backwards. A 10 years, by the way this doesn't stop over a day, but we are gonna take massive steps forward because of this, because the truth is always the best conversation. And let me remind you who was hiding the truth. The traditional media companies, not Facebook. So fuck you guys. Like I'm so pissed at that. That is such lack of accountability and then people posturing after they made their money. Fuck you. Wait, I want you to expand more on that. Traditional media companies hiding the truth. Matt Lauer got away with it because of NBC and ABC and the Wall Street Journal, not because of Facebook and Twitter. The internet is now the media company, period, which means everybody has an at-bat. There's, there's the commerce and branding side of it, which I love. Like, I would, I'd still be in New Jersey with a bunch of liquor stores if the internet didn't come along. Like, you know, like, like there's a lot of that, but like, there's a lot of, like, when there's, when, when, when you could literally call Rupert Murdoch and be like, yo, bro, You've got some reporter at Fox that's investigating me, like shut that shit down, and they did? That's how the world worked. That's not how it works anymore. That's the bottom line. So that's what I mean. Like, you decide what the fuck's in Entrepreneur Magazine. I do. Like, that doesn't mean I decide who is an entrepreneur. 
That's for sure, but, but guess what? You kind of do, because like, what I mean by that is, and we all do that, it's just that we all can do that now. Like, every single person here can use the dis- distribution has been commoditized. I, as a personality, as a human, have as much of an entrepreneur mag- like audience as now media companies. I mean, that's absurd. That is unbelievably transformative. It's not just that, but then media companies come to you because they want to reach your audience. 100%, and it works back and forth. It's leverage of attention. I'm just so happy that the truth has momentum, and we're, look, it's gonna change us tremendously because not one of us, including me, doesn't have human shortcomings, and we're gonna need to reconcile that. The era of hypocrisy is in trouble. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna eat shit, have a lot of casualties, but then we're gonna, our grandkids are gonna live in a world where we accept each other's shortcomings way more than we do now because nobody's gonna be able to hide. 10 years ago, a lot more people went to the strip clubs last night. Now, with media everywhere, a lot of people rethought their decisions last night. The world's changed, that's just real. That's just the truth. Like, so I think that's fascinating. I think that plays out in a million different ways. I don't know that you'll even have an answer to it, but just to uh, play the other side. Yes. Anything concern you? What do you see that concerns you? Nothing. I'm being serious, let me tell you why. I like data, here's my punchline. We human beings have done a really good fucking job adjusting along the way. You know what's way scarier than Russian hackers? The Black Plague. I don't know, like, like fucking concentration camps seem a hell of a lot scarier to me contextually than naked selfies. So here's what's scary we forget how terrible that shit was, right? That's how it gets repeated. That's right. We forget that we had those fears. We forget that we fought the battles. There's people literally mad that people gave them skim milk instead of almond milk in this audience right now. Like, do you understand how fucked up shit is? Like, we have zero perspective. A good friend of mine who knows me super well, last night at a dinner, or two nights ago, said to me like, was acting weird with me and like we got into a little conversation and I, he was kind of razzing me subconsciously that I only put out positive content and that, that it's a fa- facade. And this is like, like if any of you said that, I'd be like, oh, I totally get it, let me explain. But this is somebody that fairly knows me for like a decade. I was at his wedding, right? I don't go to a lot of weddings for context, so like, tight. Um, and it was fascinating to me, I was like, wow, People are uncomfortable with people that have really, like my mom is the same way. Like, I just have unbelievably deep perspective, which is the following. Unless the eight people that I love the most are really sick, everything else means dick. I mean that, Maria, like, that, like I don't, I'm, I'm gonna struggle to lose money today, or somebody said I was a, you know, when Ad Age said the what the fuck moment was my sneaker and razzed me, like, or like, like that means nothing. So what, what, what scares me as a collective? Nothing. In the micro, the health and well-being of the people I love the most, everything else is controllable, everything else is my fault. You, you know, um, 
something we have in common is that we're both in positions, to, to build off what you just said, we're both in positions uh, of positivity. It's, it's actually, I feel very fortunate about it because it, you know, like inside me, I don't know about inside you, but inside me I've got, I've got a lot of enthusiasm and positivity, I've also got a lot of deep skepticism. But I know that what people want from me is positivity. That's valuable to them. And so it puts me in that place where I can feel that the most, where I can exude that the most. And I, I think you're probably in... You know, what, you know what's funny? I have come to finally realize that I realize that I mean nothing which then doesn't allow me to have the audacity to be cynical or, or skeptical. It's real, you know? When I hear, I'm empathetic, and by the way, parents having sex at the right moment giving me DNA, like this is not me, but I'm like, why am I not skeptical? Why am I not cynical? Oh, because what the fuck does my opinion mean in that, like the, like, the amount of people dropping their two cents on social media to shit on somebody, like they mean something, People try to build the biggest building in town by tearing everybody else's building down. When you have enough talent to just build the biggest building, you just build the biggest building. I can give a fuck about anybody else. I'm doing me. And honestly, I wish all of you the best and I even weirdly hope you beat me because that will keep me hungry. But the truth is, I'm not worried about other people's shit. Like, we're we're counting everybody else's points too much. Worry about your own shit. So we got a few minutes left and let's do it by building people up. Just talking about that. Great. So we had I had a conversation with Samsung folks here just before we came on where they were asking me, Samsung's looking at partner with a barrier to redefining people, really amazing entrepreneurs who are pushing boundaries. I said, you know what they should ask? They should ask you. And actually, fuck that, why don't I just ask you on stage, put you on the spot, who should we all be really excited about? So one of the things that I, you know, it's funny you asked me that question off of what I just said. I'm spending almost zero time paying attention to anybody else, so I struggle with this. And then the only answers I know are people that are really within my circle. So I hate this question because my head goes to a funny couple places, right? Rachel Tipograph, but I invested in her company. So it feels self-serving, so I hate to, I never give the answer, but the only reason I know is because I sit on the board and I watch her navigate, and I think she's a ninja and an incredible entrepreneur, right? I think she's special. So like, the answer is, the names I know are like 20 people, all who are self-serving, so outside of Rachel, I won't name any of them, but it's the ones that I can actually see what they're actually doing. Um, and there's a lot of people doing incredible stuff, and a, a ton of people, I'm just not, you know, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about the shit I know. I get really quiet when I don't know. And the truth is, I really don't know. I really don't know. I'm not paying attention to that. I spend 100% of my time on consumer behavior. I care about what you're gonna do. I obsess over it. I spend 18 hours a day over it. I, 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 I try to figure out why eight-year-old girls make slime. I try to figure out why Champion went from being a private label at Walmart to the brand that has the most swag in the streets. I try to think about what Cardi B did. I try to think about you know what's going on on YouTube Kids and like why is Siri every six-year-old's best friend. Like I am like, that's what I spend my time on. You're amazing at knowing their answer. That's what you guys spend your time on. So. I, I suck shit at 98% of things. It's in that 2% that 
that I'm gonna be all time. But your answer actually brings us full circle to the beginning of our conversation, which is about meeting people and discovering how great they are because your answer is, well, the people that I know, I've gotten to understand what their strengths are, what their genius is. And so the answer is go expand, I mean, to everybody here, right? Not just to everybody, go expand your network and then you understand the great resources and people that you have around you. I think so, and I think, you know, I think it's interesting. There's a lot of variables to why somebody gets put on a pedestal, and I'm, listen, I am massively benefiting from having a lot of sizzle, but the only way to win long term is to have the steak. And, and I, I'm always trying to be thoughtful of like what's, and I think sizzle's special. Like I don't down, like oh you, like to have sizzle means something. That's, by the way, most of the people you know. Uh, but I'm, to, to say who's a great entrepreneur, it's somebody that I think is gonna be sitting there. You know, look, guys, we've lived now through literally almost nine years of complete global economic growth. Shit has been great. Like, when I look at everybody under 30 in here, and I'm like, oh my God, never in their professional life have they hit a tremendous recession or a massive market crash. Like, there's not a lot, it's, it's so fun. Like, I'm looking around, like, I would say, I don't know, 65, 70% of everybody's faces I see here didn't even live through 2008, let alone 2001, let alone the mid 90s. Like, like, it's super easy. So that's what a great entrepreneur is to me. Not riding a golden era and was able to raise capital, she or he. No, running a business. Now, that bubble will burst and then we'll get to see who's still around and then we'll see everybody else who says entrepreneur in their Instagram profile right now when they're working in Bank of America in 24 months. And so that's what I'm waiting for. I'm, I'm, I'm most excited for and waiting for and hoping for complete global economic carnage so that we can weed out the B and C and D players. Well, Jesus, if you had stopped talking a minute ago, we would have ended on a high note, but instead we ended on that. I don't think, by the way, that's where I think this is so fun. I think that is a high note. It's the same way I'm looking at what's happening now. The truth should win. If you're a piece of shit, you should lose. If you're not a good entrepreneur, you should have a job. Merit and the truth are always the winners in the macro. We're just in a micro right now and people are confused. Everyone, you have your mission. Introduce yourselves to each other and give it up for Gary. Thanks, guys. That was great, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you. You got it, my man. Hey, guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Gary V Experience. Now go out and share this, pass it on, let me know what you thought.